Everyone to the Namek versus Saiyan podcast. This is episode nine, the ninth episode overall of the podcast. There's only one ninth episode. You have found it. It's right here. It's happening now. My name is Patrick Shanley. I'm an editor with the Hollywood Reporter. Joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host Edmund Arnold. Edmund, how are you doing on this fine Sunday? I'm doing fantastic, Patrick. How are you? I never ask how you're doing. You know what? I've been waiting nine weeks for you to finally follow up with that, <laughs> and I'm doing well now because you finally asked me how I'm doing. I should have waited till episode 10. It would have been a big monumental shit for us. But yeah, I, I thought I'd figure out how you were doing today. I'll edit it out so the 10th episode is a much more exciting affair for everybody. I, to do, I mean, people really don't care how you're doing. I really, Most people don't care how you're doing when they ask you on the street. Why would they no. care if they can't even see my face? I just start, started ignoring people. And they're like, how are you? I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> you go die. Yeah, like, don't talk to me. Yeah, well. You don't really want to know. Uh, there's a bit to talk about in video games this week, and a whole a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, and just nerd culture in general. But let's mm-hmm. keep it video games oriented first, because a huge story dropped um, that kind of made us eat our own words. Uh, and that was about Overwatch, uh, which we had previously said wasn't quite the level of getting its own esports league or being on the par with things like Street Fighter or uh, other tournaments that were broadcast on major networks like ABC. Turns out we were wrong. Uh, Overwatch, Overwatch, they announced, is teaming with a whole bunch of team owners from the NFL, the MLB, and the NBA, making it possibly the most premier gaming league that there is now. Um, So I would like to personally say I was wrong. Uh, I never thought I would utter those words. Eddie, uh, what are your reactions to this? Oh, God, it hurts me to even say this. This... Earth-shaking news. Is it earth-shaking? It's earth-shaking. I just labeled it as such. My earth feels fairly tame over here. Um, You're stable? Yeah, I, I, I haven't moved at all. But, yeah, I was wrong. I My argument was that I didn't think that Overwatch was going to be appealing. Well, I still don't think it's going to be appealing to random audiences who have never really watched video games before. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how you could pick up, just sit down on a random Saturday, turn on your television... And watch a monkey named, or I'm sorry, people, a gorilla named Winston jump around and shocking people with electricity. It's, I just think it's too confusing. But it obviously Robert Kraft sees something different with it. He's funding a team. It seems like they got a lot of big names behind these teams. There's going to be a team in Boston, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, and Orlando. I don't know why they both get a team. I don't know if they're sharing a team, or I don't know why both those cities would need a team for it or whatever. <laughs> Um, San Francisco is getting a team. Your area. China and Seoul, South Korea. Sorry. I think if you had to choose anyone that would start this league, the very bottom of that list of people would be Robert Kraft. And how in the world did that guy get involved in this? Is it just, you must have just seen a money opportunity. Dollar, dollar, dollar signs, son. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. But Robert Kraft is about to make a lot more of them. Money's going to come from. Did they announce any broadcasting partnerships? Or is NBC going to be picking this up? ABC? Do we know where it's going to be shown? So this is my question for the whole thing. Is it going to be? Is it going to be like the NFL and the NBA, where it's split between a whole bunch of different channels that this is going to be on? Because all the yeah. other ones, all, all the other ones that we've seen have been exclusive rights for either TBS or ABC or whatever it is. It's one network is broadcasting these. And now they're negotiating traditional TV rights is what it says, uh, my colleague Paul Bond's article in The Hollywood Reporter, uh, which means that it could very possibly be like the NFL where, oh, the – what would they even be called? The a, Whatever the AFC-NFC equivalent for eSports. Oh, one's on Fox, one's on CBS. I, yeah, I don't – you can't. You won't be able to split them on different networks yet until it gets – maybe when it gets to the popularity of football. Mm-hmm. If it gets it, I mean, if you have the Boston hypes against the New York whatevers, I hope that's both of their actual names. You're going to split your audience, and you're you know you're not going to have as big as the audience as football. And when right. you're splitting your audience to absolute nothing, you're not going to get anyone to watch. You're also game. you're also just starting off. So do you feel like right. they're jumping way too far ahead, way too fast if they did something like that? Well, if they keep it in you know one network, I think they'll be fine. What That's happened what to the XFL? Didn't the XFL try something similar? The XFL tried a whole bunch of stuff like that and thought it was capital. This is one of those weird moments in history, right? 
where like for whatever reason football was down for like once ever and wrestling was such a massive sport and they did exactly that they tried to do way too much way too fast it was right. an inferior product honestly as well at least this it seems what what's overwatch's what's its competition where does overwatch rank as like an actual like oh these are the best of the best i apparently it's popular it's always in the top for twitch streaming okay i think it's you know it's still getting beat by league of legends but league of legends has a very just very loyal loyal fan base i mean those people have been playing that game for years and years and they continue to go back to watch it overwatch has only been out for what three years when did overwatch be released not even it's been 14 months since activision yeah it feels like that game has been out forever i guess that's because 24th 2016 it has barely been out for a year it's just a, it's amazing to me that something can start that recently and then get to a point where owners of football teams are buying the rights to broadcast your thing. Well, I'll say one thing about Overwatch. That game is phenomenal. That game is, it was in my top three of games that were released last year. It was one of those multiplayer games that anyone can pick up. Anyone can excel if they put the time on it. Every character feels different. It felt good. It was fun, fun, fun. I never had a time in Overwatch where I picked it up and I didn't have the time of my life. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sell this game to anybody. I'm just telling you, Overwatch is one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played, ever. Up there with Splatoon for me. Is this going to change the way that moms are talking to their kids? Where, you know, it used to be like, you need to get outside and make something in your life. Now it's like, oh, well, if I play video games enough, I could be working, I could be playing for the Boston hypey pipes. It has to get big. It has to bring in a lot of money. And it has to have role models that parents could want their kids to look up to if that makes any sense does that exist right now in gaming i know there's not a lot of athletes for people to look up to but for a lot of you know for us growing up it was like the michael jordan you Mm want to be michael jordan or you want to be uh peyton manning or tom brady we had a lot of i hate peyton manning and i hate tom brady but we had a lot of good role (laughs) models that we could look up to so you have to have a good esports team you know maybe you bring in this boston team they're all college graduates they're all you know they're different types of perspectives and different types of minds but they respect each other right that's a good you know that's a those are good role models for kids to look up to and as i'm not a parent but if i was a parent i could say like hey watch these sports look at these guys i want you to be like these guys and maybe i don't i don't think so though right video games have such a bad stigma i think that's gonna last for a long time well that's my problem with it right is so like when i think any type of competitive play on a video game and maybe this is me being a codgy old man whack in my day (laughs) but here's the thing so when i would play on xbox live i if i had to count the times somebody told me to uh have intercourse with myself it would be quite high and you know what Overwatch is not is I didn't I never had that experience with Overwatch. Really? Do you think it's just that game or do you think that people have become more respectful as time has gone on? I believe it's the competitive nature of the game and don't get me wrong it could have people could have experienced these, these type of issues. I put maybe 60 70 hours in the Overwatch last year. I didn't experience it once. Everyone was very cooperative. There was no like n words being dropped. There are no racist things being dropped, and the reason I say that's because you hear a lot of racist stuff when you're playing these games online. No kidding. Um, there is no, you know, derogatory statements about women. No one was putting each other down. Like if I was leading, if I was the worst person on the team, there is no one, you know, calling me out about it. It's a very good community. People are willing to teach you, and and for the most part, that's how Blizzard games are made. I find uh, that so interesting because. Look, the people who are playing certain games are likely... If you're going to sink that many hours into a game, it follows that you would also be sinking a lot of hours into other games on other platforms made by different publishers. So why then would Blizzards be a better community of people or at least a more respectful community of people? Because one of the major uh, things that people say about League of Legends, which is, as you just mentioned, maybe the only game that's like outranking Overwatch right now in terms of views for esports... But over, uh, but League of Legends has a really toxic community. Uh, from talks online, people are constantly talking about how toxic that community can be. Because that game is, if Overwatch, if you're doing terrible in Overwatch, it's not going to be bad enough for you to bring your team down, unless you're a bad healer or something like that. But other than that, if you are a bad player and you're not playing, you know, to the par of what you need to be playing, you're not going to bring your overall Overwatch team. If you are playing bad in League of Legends, you're bringing your entire team down. And those League of Legends guys and ladies are in a different realm. And you're absolutely right. They're nasty over there. 
So if you're a new, that's that's what's held me off from playing that game. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying because I just hear horror stories of people just not doing what they need to be doing in order to support the team, and people are just screaming at them. And, and, and you know, and that's not that's not what games are made for. No, to sound like that. Don't be a bully. But that's not what the gaming. That's not what brings the strength to the gaming community. You're like Captain America and the uh, the new Spider-Man movies with the PSAs. <laughs> absolutely i need to um could you come over and like film me in front of like a backdrop so i could film like instructional videos for people getting into the gaming i'll film you in front of whatever you want baby Ooh, i like that shirt on shirts (laughs) optional (laughs) as always look the communities are a part of this gaming and it's also a part of the public perception of gaming particularly if you want to get to a newer audience uh like we always say the people who are watching it on twitch um, as long as they're not complete cord cutters, but there's going to be an internet component anyway. They're going to be watching this Overwatch League regardless because they're already fans of this. This is a big, exciting thing for a, a property that they love. However, if you have people like Robert Kraft and people like uh, the Sacramento Kings co-owner Andy Miller, who is also a, uh, a co-owner of the San Francisco team, you are reaching a huge, way different audience. You know, these are people who are traditional sports fans. They are not hardcore gamers. And they might have that stigma in their head, be like, oh, do I really want to watch a whole bunch of 17-year-olds make fun of each other based on their race or their gender? Yeah, but according to U.S. Today, esports revenue in the U.S. is expected to reach $299 million by 2021. Good God! So I think they're willing to take the time to really make the adjustments to make sure they avoid those type of issues. And again, you know, this is professional, so I don't think we're going to run into, like, you know, the idiots of the internet community. No, 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 I absolutely agree with you. I do not think that that's, that's going to happen in this league, because they would shut that down so quick. I mean, you can't, even, you can't even celebrate a touchdown anymore. No, you can't. So I think all of this would be so locked down. You know, and a big part of this is going to be packaging. How are they going to package it? Right. What type of announcers are you going to get? How are you going to sell your rivalries? How are you going to sell, you know, your your top players? How are you going to sell this to the audience? What is going to captivate someone who doesn't watch video games to watch these crazy characters basically kill each other over and over again? Um, like I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you're going to market this to people that don't watch video games. I, how you expect to make a lot of money from it? I don't either. And so much of sports is the merchandise around sports as well. I did this is I just I cannot wrap my head around this, and maybe somebody can help me with an answer in the comments. But how are you going to make merchandise for a sports league when really people are fans of the game and not fans of the players of the game? Are you really going to buy a jersey of a guy who plays as a monkey who shoots electricity? Or would you rather dress up as the monkey who shoots electricity? Oh, that's a really good point, and I didn't think about that. Yeah, how are you going to market um, these jerseys and yeah. different types of merchandise? I mean, when I, unless you have sorry. someone who's really good at playing with Tracer... Do you have the team name with Tracer's face on the shirt, or how does Overwatch get paid? How does Bungie get paid for that? Right. I don't. I don't know how the compensation will work for that. I don't know how you advertise. I just don't know how esports is going to work, and who's going to wear? Like you said, who's going to wear an esports team that- shirt? I would rather wear like. Uh, diva shirt you know what i'm saying like, yeah exactly you know, I'm support i'm gonna support the game not <clears throat> the people playing the game i'm not going to miami marlins games dressed up as a marlin i'm going to miami marlins games wearing a Giancarlo stanton jersey it's it's a different environment i'm a fan of the players of the game more than i am mm, maybe not of the game itself but definitely more of what's being played on the game you're not going in a baseball cosplay or you're not going to a san francisco giants game dressed up like one one from Game of Thrones. Though I'm sure somebody's done that yet. I do. Yeah. Every <laughs> Giants game that I've been to this year, I've dressed up as Grey Worm. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. I don't know how they're going to market it, but obviously eSports has been doing a great job at it because they're making money. So I, I don't know how they're making the money. It's something I'm going to – if you're listening and you can leave us some comments on how they're generating money. Is it through marketing? Is it through, like, donations? I don't know, man. I haven't done enough research on this. Is this all just from ad sales on Twitch? I think it's like sponsorships, endorsements. So it's similar to like those MLS teams in a way. That's what I was gonna. Is it like soccer where they're just wearing like, oh, we're the we're the San Francisco Honda Civics? I think so. So you know, you get sponsored by Colgate. That was really weird. That was a really weird company. But like, yeah, you get. I own stock in Colgate. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, you get sponsored by Colgate. You wear the Colgate logo. Then, you know, you probably have a sponsorship with Twitch mm-hmm. um, or you have some type of partnership with Twitch. Maybe they do some type of team-sponsored events where they do 
fundraisers and things like that. Um, maybe their players, you know, I know in Korea, their players are major, majorly popular. So right. maybe they do events and things like that. So, all right, maybe I'm answering my question right now. Okay. Um, maybe this is how they make money. And then, you know, I, I don't know if you, they charge, they could charge for certain streaming events. So let's say like Evo, if there is like a tech, Evo was going on this weekend. So let's just say there's like this high stakes Tekken tournament that only the top people in the world could pay for to get into they can make money that way as well man but even as you're saying it i'm not even that old and i grew up with video games i'm 28 i'm 28 right i'm not some 50 year old man who's like oh my god there's esports now this means nothing to me i have absolutely no interest in this at all I'm never saying this to be like, what? how you spend your time is stupid. Look, if you want to watch esports, go for it. I'm saying this as a consumer that they're trying to reach. I do not care. And you talking about things like that, like, oh, Evo was this week. I don't know what that is, and I don't care enough to look it up and be like, what is Evo? You know? As a video game announcer, you should know what Evo is. Or a video game reporter, you should know what Evo is. I probably should, but I don't, and I don't care. Yeah, Evo is basically, um, it's an esports um what would you call convention, I guess. You wouldn't hear about it because D23 kind of smashed everything about it this weekend. But yeah, Evo is, I think they do, they did like the Ultima Marvel vs. Con 3 tournament this year. They did like the King of Fighters 15 or 14, whatever one they're on. Street Fighter Five was there. Guilty Gear XRD Revolution 2. I know that means nothing to most of you people that don't fight play video games, but Evo is a big deal. But it, Specifically for people in the fighting game realm. Yeah, exactly. But I cannot stop my eyes from rolling when it starts. And the only image that goes through my head is my local video game shop that's right down the street. And when they do like Magic Gathering competitions, that's what I'm thinking it's happening. I know it's not that. Like, I get it. This is a massive production, and these are people who spent lots of time getting good at this game. I just... I just can't. I just don't think of it as a sport, and I never. I I don't think I ever will. Maybe I will. Who knows? People change. But so, what do you think about bowling and all those type of hobbies? Bowling's not a sport, man. Well, how is that any different? I mean, it's a hobby. I don't think it's different. I don't think it's different. But bowling is not. Bowling's being broadcast on ESPN. I don't even know if they still do this, but they used to just broadcast it at two o'clock in the afternoon. People barely even care about Wimbledon, and this is tennis, a thing that's existed for 180 years or however long it's been. People barely care about baseball anymore. That's true, I mean, and that young, breaks my heart. People but... don't care about baseball anymore. So yeah. maybe this is maybe this is where the young people are. I mean, whether, didn't football do extremely bad this year? Not extremely bad. It, but what did worse than it's done in the last right years and years and years? And yeah. A lot of people blamed it on Kaepernick, but. <laughs> There was the Kaepernick maybe thing. There was the election. People, maybe sports is at a part where younger people aren't tuning in like they used to because you have to sit through a seven-hour game rather than you know because you know young people like getting their information in quick hits, right? And you know, sitting through a three-hour baseball game and basketball game sucks. Oh my god! Even things I could be doing right and like the ends of the games. It's also ticky tacky. Everything has to re- be reviewed by film. There's eight thousand commercial breaks. I think these things have become so big that they've actually gotten worse. And I wonder if there's a group of people who are fans of esports and are now worried that the same might happen to this thing that they love. I don't think. Look, people aren't taking that angle on it that often when you look at this. If this is going to reach the levels of the NFL or the MLB and the NBA, well, then you better get ready for, like, a booth review and let's toss it down to the field and talk about the human interest story behind it. Like, oh, God, I don't care. Like, I don't think think it'll get on that level, though, because they know who their audience is and they're going to mark, you know, they know the people that are watching esports are Twitch streamers and YouTube people, YouTube viewers. So they're going to market it around or they're going to build it around that audience, in my opinion. If they were smart, they would do it that way. They might be smart, but they're greedy. And you know that they're going to be like, oh, if we pump this broadcast full of Mountain Dew commercials, we're going to make $8 million. But, you know, they do that in the Switch streams. You know, I I don't know if you've ever watched these, like, high-level tournaments or these high-level gaming streams. You know, they do have stream advertisements. So, you know, it's happening. But, you know, we're not going to get the booth reviews. We're not going to get the bad calls. We're not going to get anything like that that influences the entire game. So in that regard, I believe younger people – and you know how younger people are. They want everything to be fair. Right. They don't want anything to be unfair. All the kids I work with, that's all I hear. That's not fair. Oh, God. Yeah, because that's life. Fair. Yeah, you know, because that's life. But that's a huge thing for young people is fairness. So, you know, maybe this esports will present it in a way it's all artificially measured. It's measured. You know, I don't think there's any human component to it. 
I believe it's the truest way of getting a winner. Mm. That's not going to be altered by a referee. That's not going to be altered by the league because the NBA is fixed. We all know that. That's so, why the Knicks stink. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe that it's going to be in a pure form. When it, as, when it begins. You are an optimist, and I never thought I would optimist. say that. <laughs> Look, <laughs> One issue. I'm, I'm excited to see this. I am not as anti-esports as you. All I right. think there's an avenue for every, And I think I come from that as a person who grew up loving soccer and getting made fun of a lot for it. Oh, I'm going to make so, fun of you right now for liking soccer. What's wrong with I you? I got called a lawn fairy a lot. <laughs> so, listen, if like what you want to like, support what you want to support. If esports makes it, congratulations. I, it's going to be a wild ride, and I'm in on it. I'll be in on it. Look, I hope I'm wrong, because frankly, I'm of the opinion where I want to be as entertained by as many things as possible. I have no, I have no reason to want this to fail. I'm not financially invested in this. I, why would I want something to suck? I want things to be good. So hopefully, I'll get into it, and two weeks from now, I'll be like, oh, I was so wrong. Oh, look at how dumb I was. And they're good games. Pat, they're really good games. I mean, they have Overwatch and Rocket League are two of my favorite games ever that are getting, you know, this big time treatment. Yeah, I think League of Legends is still going to dominate Twitch. Dota is still going to dominate Twitch. Dota Two, I'm sorry. Counter Strike Two, I think is a little bit too old to make a you know a comeback on the television. So I think it's still going to be strong on Switch. But you know, these Overwatch and these Rocket Leagues, these games that are games that could be accessible to television i don't see it but i get it all right that makes sense time will tell how many years removed from uh, a gamer on the cover of a wheaties box are we mm, three we got like a serena williams peyton manning and x blaze it 27 are all doing a financial insurance commercial actually let me let me it's probably gonna be like 10 because i don't even know if americans are good at yeah Seems like half these teams are made up of Swedish kids and Korean kids. Koreans, Chinese people, Chinese young people, Swedish people. I'm like looking at the top list right now. I don't see an American name until we get to 35. So 36. That's Michael Skimbo. So I'm gonna have to do some research on that. But yeah, I don't even think I don't even think we're good enough to like compete in this realm. Well, now that you brought patriotism into it, I want us to be the best in the world at it. Step and, your game up, America. And I think you said it right too, right? Like, how are they forming these teams? They're just taking players and just putting them. So right. are people from the San Francisco team going to be people from? Well, I guess they do that in sports. Yeah, they Not do. Everyone from Tampa Bay is going to be from. But are they going to take people from other countries and put them on our team? Well, again, it's just hilarious that like this is an American league, and yet every single person playing the league is going to be from like uh, either. Scandinavian countries are from East Asia. I guess that happens in America or in NFL, NBA, um, NHL. But I'm I'm trying to. Like, it does. It's just know, funny. I don't know. It's hard wrapping my mind around all of this. I think that's why. Yeah. I keep trying to separate it from quote unquote real sports, but and I'm I'm sorry. Taking, you know, why are the, why are they building arenas for this? Is there a reason why you'd have to see this live? Like, what are you going to gain? You're still looking at a screen. I'm not going to be watching the player click a mouse. Can't they? Uh, what, oh, they're really building arenas for this? They're going to build arenas, and then they're going to travel the teams to different places like it's like an actual sport. But the thing is, you can play the whole goddamn thing online, so what's the point of flying people and building these stadiums? Also, if they're going to use taxpayer money to build these stadiums, you better... Ugh. Why? Oh. Oh, this makes a lot of sense why there's so many big names in it now. Oh, okay. I could see them totally using taxpayer money for this. Of course they're going to do that. So, like, are, oh, you, yeah. are you okay with that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not okay with taxpayer money being paid to the NFL. I know. Like, NFL even teams stadiums. I care about, I don't want to pay for their stadiums. No. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I don't want to get into politics. I'm, I'm big on taxes, but I don't want my taxes playing for Robert Kraft to build a new stadium in Boston. Just, so, just nonsense. Yeah, you're rich enough to build your own stadium. And why don't I just use the stadiums you have? All you have to do is put a tarp over your NFL team. What you don't want expensive ass computers on the same field that Tom Brady plays. Right? Building new stadiums. Get out of here. Man, go down to I'm Boys and Girls Club and Holy rent crap. out the rec center. I was fine until you just brought that up. Now I'm hella mad. Well, good. I'm angry. <laughs> Let's mobilize.
Okay, joining me now is Chris Alimo. Chris Alimo is the host and creator of uh, Classic Gaming Quarterly, a series of videos on YouTube. They are very entertaining and also very informative if you are a fan of classic video games, which I happen to be, and I imagine that Chris is as well. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you for having me on your show. Of course, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I've watched a number of your videos. They're really informative, like I said beforehand. Uh, I just have a couple questions about the uh, the video series itself, mostly being nostalgia is uh, very popular right now. Uh, is this something that you're trying to tap into, or is it just something that is your interest, so you're trying to share it with a lot of people who are uh, also interested in it? Yeah, I think I'm personally just a nostalgia junkie. There's definitely not uh, a situation where I'm trying to tap into any particular market or, or anything like that. I, uh, I'm i just sort of stuck in the past myself, and <laughs> so I really only play old video games. And I think that having a show where I talk about them just gives me sort of a new excuse to play them myself. Are you kind of reliving uh, old memories by refining these old games? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I grew up in the 90s, so most of my uh, video game nostalgia is mostly, I would say, very late SNES and then on to the N64. When you were growing up, what was what's your first system, I guess, or what are the biggest memories of growing up with a system? Well, my first system was an NES, which I got in 1987. Nice. I was, I was born in 77, so I was 10 when I got that. Gotcha. Before that, I played games primarily in the arcade. And then when I got the NES, I kind of quit going to the arcades for the most part. And, of course, around that time in the late 80s, the NES was just the thing to have. So, like, everybody I knew at school had an NES, and there was just sort of a, a whole culture around it, really. Absolutely. And it seems that it's kind of popping back up now. I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of the news that's come from Nintendo, but they are re-releasing a miniature version of their SNES is coming out with a couple unreleased games beforehand uh, coming out with that new release. Yeah, I know. I was aware of that. That does sound that does sound pretty cool, and I'm glad to see Nintendo at least trying to do that. I mean, obviously, the way everything happened with the NES Classic Mini or right. whatever it's called, uh, things didn't really go as smoothly as consumers would have liked. But at the same time, I think it's cool that Nintendo is at least trying to tap into that market and either make older guys like me that grew up with that stuff happy or introduce those consoles to a new generation of gamers absolutely with your video series you're kind of doing a similar thing uh the people who are subscribing to you the people who are leaving you comments that reach out to you do they tend to be on the uh the older side more generational with you or are you getting a mix of them with young kids or is it more leaning for the young kids uh interested in these video games that they didn't have the chance to play when they were younger uh, it's definitely a mixture of both i definitely get a lot of comments from people who sort of share their stories with me of you know, when they first got that system and, and the whole story around that, like maybe they got it for Christmas or their birthday and telling me the whole story there. And then I also do hear from a lot of younger gamers that are just now getting into retro gaming. It's cool to see that uh, kind of become popular again. It's sort of like these old systems are getting a second life here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of guys my age that have the exact opposite attitude <laughs> and are sort of upset that younger people are maybe co-opting their childhood or you know that they're driving up the prices of retro games because the demand is going up. But you know, you really have to wonder if all of these old games and systems were just left to my demographic, how much more of it would just end up in the landfill? Right. Because you know the number of people my age that still care about old video games has to be relatively small, I would think. And so it, it makes me feel good to see younger people getting so interested in sort of saving that stuff and, and preserving the old games. Right, and I think what you said is a great point, is that these would exactly, they would end up as trash. You know, they, would, they wouldn't exist anymore. Um, and now we're getting them repurposed. One thing that's interesting, though, especially for you, because you have to show off a lot of this hardware, where are you finding all your stuff? Uh, how much is... How much is this running you to, to come up with these videos every week or every month or however long they're coming out? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I've been collecting old video games since the late 90s. So, uh, you know, at that point, it wasn't really even old video games. They were just sort of out of date video games. But <laughs> uh, sort of to go back to what I was just saying, like when I started amassing all of these games, they literally were other people's trash. So... A lot of the stuff I have now, people say, oh, your stuff must be worth so much money. And like maybe it is. I don't really know because I don't I don't really keep in touch with the market and how much things are worth. But for me, I've just had this stuff 
since like the late nineties and into the early two thousands. And that doesn't mean I don't still pick up things as needed for the show. Right. But the, the vast majority of what I have, I've had since before this whole retro gaming bubble started to grow. It's funny to think of that, of uh, buying something at a garage sale in 1992 and then using it as a, uh, a form of a career later on in your life. Yeah, I certainly never had plans to start a YouTube channel when I started uh, buying up old video games. Now, what I'm interested in is not just that you're playing old games, but you're also kind of giving a history lesson about a lot of these things, and that requires quite a bit of research and quite a bit of work. Um, do you have a background in journalism at all? How did you get into into this? Are you just a history buff? Uh, I mean, I guess in just personally, I'm a bit of a history buff. I definitely have no background whatsoever in journalism. I'm actually a scientist. Oh. Um, but... I think for me it was just the whole reason that I wanted to go into all that backstory is that for me it's important to present all of these games in in their historical context, you know, sort of to give each game its time and place. Right. Because so many games just get lost to history because they're compared to subsequent games. Now, why would you want to go back and play game A when game B came out and made game A obsolete? But, you know, in its day, game A was awesome. And so I just want to try to present uh, present it in that way. And that's what I think is so cool about your videos. Because um, it's one thing, and a lot of people seem to do this, to just put the game forward and be like, here's me playing this old game. But like you said, you do put it in a historical context to really understand what it was like to play that game when it was new. Uh, and I, I imagine that's something you're very cognizant of when you're making all these videos. How are you How are you finding new ones to do? What what is What's drawing you to a particular subject? Uh, well, it's a combination of whatever I'm interested in, uh, interested in at the time, and also kind of based on like viewer requests. Mm-hmm. I just have to try to find a balance between the two. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not anywhere near the point where this YouTube channel is like my job. Yeah. So if I'm not personally interested in something, then to make that video just feels like work, and I don't necessarily want to do it. Right. So. Um, it's like I said. It just it kind of just comes down to whatever subject I think is interesting uh, at any particular time, or maybe I feel like there's a hole in my channel that like needs to be filled, and then I'll work on that. Like for instance, I did the Sega Master System launch video right. last December, but then you know I had that, and then you had the Sega Saturn launch video that I thought were both good videos because they were more recently made, and then sandwiched in between them was the Genesis launch video which was the first one I ever made, and it was pretty poor quality. So I you know, quickly made a new one and then took that one down. Uh, so that, that was sort of the, the impetus behind that happening. And then uh, I think the only launch video that I've made since then was the Nintendo 64 launch video, which, if I'm being totally honest, was really just made based on viewer requests. And that's why it took me so long to make it, is there was part of me that didn't really want to, mm-hmm. just because I didn't find it personally as interesting. But as I said somewhere, I don't remember, I think I said it on my other channel or something, but uh, one of the nice things about what I do is it makes me play games that I otherwise wouldn't necessarily play, and that helps me to gain an appreciation for those games. So, like, I didn't have a Nintendo 64 back in the day because I was a PlayStation guy, and so I, I didn't really care for the N64, and for a long time I had a pretty negative opinion about it, but... Having to really sit down and not just play the games, but go through and do all the research, the history of the N64 and how it was developed and how the games were developed just gave me a a much stronger appreciation for it and really changed my attitude towards it. Absolutely. I think I find that often in my job as well. Um, Or anytime anyone does anything delving into history or trying to learn more about any particular subject, I think, there's always things that you were unaware of that might pique an interest that you didn't even think you had in a particular subject. Which is a Definitely. great thing, honestly. It helps you view the world in a better way. And I think that doing these types of videos is also doing that for a lot of people. In a lot of ways, doing it as a connection to the past, but also just understanding how different things come to be and hopefully inspiring people to create their own types of things in the future. Uh, I mean, definitely. That's how I got started with my channel was I was just inspired by other people creating content both on YouTube and uh, uh, podcasts like yours, quite frankly. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, Chris, do you shoot all these by yourselves and edit these all by yourselves? It's quite a bit of work to do all these. Yeah, no, this is definitely a one-man show. Uh, it probably takes about 100 to 150 hours to make one of the launch videos, and uh, it's definitely quite a bit of work. And when I started the channel, 
I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I just happened to already own a fairly nice camera. But other than that, I had to go out and buy, like, I didn't own a microphone or anything like that. I didn't know how to use video editing software. And uh, I've just sort of, I mean, my channel's been around for four years now, so that's been plenty of time for me to teach myself how to do all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, I don't, I don't have any help from anybody except that I am married to an understanding wife. That uh, gives me the time I need to get this stuff done. Yeah, that's the crux of it right there. Well, you're obviously doing something right because Classic Gaming Quarterly is amazing. I urge everyone to go and check out Chris's videos. They are fantastic. Subscribe to his channel. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time this uh, afternoon, Chris. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, once again, thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Well, that's a perfect segue then into uh, things that grind our gears. I don't know what this segment's called, actually. Things that grind our gears? We kind of took that from Family Guy. I know. That's why I don't like it. Things that really make us perturbed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got it. Now for a segment we haven't done in a while. Hey, stop doing that. Cut that out. Hey, knock it off. Hey, stop. That's That's the whole name of the segment, by the way. It's hey... Stop doing that. Knock it off. Stop. Hey. Right? Was that it? Did I perfect. get it? Yeah, that's right. perfect. Okay, perfect. It's a really catchy name. People, it'll catch on. Don't worry. That'll be our new viral thing. I like it. Here's the thing that I think people should stay. Knock it off. Okay? There are way too many conventions, and they're all slammed in the summer, and they have started to dilute each other. This weekend, D23, Disney's answer to Comic-Con and E3, I guess, uh, pretty much broke the entire internet and put the world on stop. Yeah, it did. It really did. Man, there's a lot of good stuff released at this D23 conference. Yeah, I'm not even mad at D23 because it was amazing. But let me do like, let's just go through a little list. This is just a little taste in case you um, were living in a place without internet for the last week. D23 announced the leads for its new Aladdin remake, which is like eh, pretty exciting. Will Smith is going to be the genie. <laughs> oh, ooh, super exciting. Uh, yeah. They also announced a couple little films like, uh, oh, The Incredibles 2. They showed new footage from Coco, the new Pixar movie. Uh, they showed a new Wreck-It Ralph. They showed off... Oh, yeah, I know. No, it gets a little bit better, though. Uh, because, in case you're unaware, Disney also owns Star Wars, and they own The Avengers. Guess what else they showed they off? Star Wars. When did they buy Star Wars? Oh, uh, a little while ago. That's why All Disney right. pretty much is the U.S. Mint at this point. I think Disney right. makes more money than the government does. They have to. It's madness. Uh, oh, they also oh dropped a little uh, trailer for a game that people may have heard of. It's called Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah, which, what do you know, made sense at E3 a couple weeks ago. Why would you announce something at E3 when you have your very own conference to make your own game announcements at? And that's Dummy. the part that makes me angry. Look, Disney can do whatever they want, but Disney is sort of, they're like, I don't want to call them a bully, but they own everything that everybody cares about. And so when you do that, what is left for the rest of these conventions to show off? DC. Nobody cares about DC. (laughs) DC and other gaming companies that aren't owned by Disney. So basically everything that's not EA. (laughs) Right. So so what is going to happen at Comic-Con now? What is left for Comic-Con? The the con that's supposed to be the king of all cons. Now what what's left? What are they going to show off? They have no Avengers, they have no Star Wars, they have no Pixar. They don't have any of the big video games cuz all of them have been announced. What is left for Comic-Con? It's DC. No that's life. it. No live action Disney movies cuz all of those were announced too. Oh yeah, we got so. Jungle Book. We have there's going to be a live action Mulan, there's a Dumbo with Tim Burton. Lion King. Oh, Lion King, they showed off footage from it. The new Mary Poppins. Sorry, I was really into this D23. Who wasn't? It was all my favorite things in the world. And now... We're gonna get out. I feel like we're... Finn and Captain Phasma. Yeah, we're getting everything. Oh, my God. It just... It was everything that everybody wants in the entire world. Game of Thrones has already premiered. It's... There's nothing left. This thing that people look forward to, we're just limping into Comic-Con. What what is going to be the thing that shakes the world of Comic-Con? New Justice League footage? (laughs) Yeah. The Flash footage, maybe a Flash trailer, finally. Aquaman trailer, finally. Please, who is sitting around, like, counting the days for a new Ezra Miller Flash movie? Oh, he's, he runs really fast. <laughs> yeah, you you are alone. You're the one person. I love I love Ezra Miller's Flash. It looks so good. I like Ezra Miller. Okay, you are right, Pat. As you are usual. right. I, I agree, kind of, in a way, <laughs> slightly. Okay. 
Disney's Disney's really big, but I think Disney positioned itself to be this big. There's other companies that have could have that could have taken up the mantle that Disney did, but they didn't. Uh, Universal was priming themselves to do that for a long time, but it's Universal. So, yeah, the Mummy really I, took off with audiences. Uh, you know, Disney just made the right purchases at the right times. They made the right decisions. They made a lot of good decisions that brought Star Wars to a broader audience, that brought Marvel to a broader audience. So to hark Disney at this big bad villain who's standing over everyone, dictating shots and things like that is a little unfair because I think they did the work to put themselves in this type of position. But along your lines of there's too many conventions, I absolutely agree. There's way too many conventions and they're way too close to each other. We just got out of E3 and now we have D23. Like you said, Kingdom Hearts should have been announced at E3. It kind of dilutes the process of these whole all these gaming conventions. I mean, how many gaming conventions do we have right now? We have like a million. There's PAX West, PAX South, PAX East, PAX North. <laughs> Gamescon, E3, uh, Blizzard has a... Oh, um, BlizzCon. Yeah, BlizzCon. I mean, there's so many video games, and I absolutely agree. There's too many. There's too many. There's Comic-Con. There's way too many. Denver Comic-Con, LA Comic-Con. It's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, is this, is it even in a convention at that point? If it's just your own company showing off your stuff, then it's really a press conference. It's not a convention. That's true. So was this D23 just mislabeled? Was yeah. it just a... No, I mean, look, when Disney has that many banners that they all own, I mean, clearly they have enough stuff to show off. But at the same time, like, why is BlizzCon, why is BlizzCon a convention? You're showing off Blizzard games? Well, I think they also do a lot of, um, you know, esports type things, a lot of competitions and things like that in BlizzCon. Yeah, but everything that they own. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. But it's everything that they own. Right, right, right. You know, but I, you know, it's it's a way to showcase everything you've done. It's a way to bring your loyal fans together in order to, you know, talk about yours, you. <laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly. What, it's like a bar mitzvah. It's like every. It's like having a wedding where like I want to be a celebrity 16. for a day. Yeah, it's a sweet sixteen, basically. That's exactly what it is. That's a perfect analogy. Um, be like, I'm so important today. And you know, I, I'm biased because D23 announced so much cool stuff. Like it was awesome. Reveal is amazing to me. Hmm. But you're right. There's way too many gaming conventions, way too many conventions in general with dealing with nerd, geek, you know, lore and things like that. And it's just getting way too much to the point of where it's like, why do we have so many? Should we be, you know, you don't even get things revealed anymore that are not at conventions because there's so many. So it's almost like you're waiting for the next convention in order for something to be revealed. And that's bogus to me. Yeah, and it's just such... It's a never-ending hype machine of reveals. Like, there's never not a time where we're getting reveals now, and that kind of makes them less special. Like, so they revealed the Star Wars footage from behind the scenes or whatever it was, and it's really cool. I really liked it. I love what they're doing with the creature designs. I like Ryan Johnson. Brian Breaking Bad's, like, my favorite show of all time, and he was a big part of that show. But, I don't know. It's just like, who cares? There's a Star Wars every year. There's a Star Wars every yeah. year. It's always going to be like, oh, in the summertime, we're going to get like a little bit of footage from Star Wars. Well, then I don't care anymore. It's it's not special. Well, some people care. Some people need that footage to carry them over. Some, you know, some people really need those little tidbits of mm-hmm. little. They're going to see it anyway, regardless. I know a lot of them are use it as like, oh, I'm just trying to see if I want to see it or not. Right. But you know, a lot of people like love that stuff. It's not for you and me. Yeah. But a lot of people need that stuff. And, you know, it's it's a community thing. It, and I don't think we would have so many conventions if the internet wasn't so big, Twitter wasn't so big. Because I, now you have, you know, an avenue for people to connect. Right. And this is a good way for people, you know, your hype machine, like you talked about earlier. It's a good way to increase the hype of any product that you have coming out. It just feels like I have to prepare for a research paper every time I log on to Twitter now whenever these conventions are going on. Because I need to look up the backstory of 8,000 different franchises in order for me to tweet something out so I don't look like an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. There's just so much. Everything is a franchise. Everything is a brand now. And it's just too big. And I want it to stop. And I'm scared. No, and you have every right to be scared. And, you know, what is Disney going to take over next? I, I like Disney. I, okay, I feel like I'm coming off as anti-Disney, and I'm actually a huge Disney dork. I love Disney. I love... They make good movies. Everything that they bought, I think, has become better since they bought it. I, yeah. yeah. At the same time, if you're going to have conventions, then, like, well, maybe Disney should just have its own convention. Or, since it's already on the internet, why don't you just roll this stuff out 
like throughout the year like you used to do. We didn't always used to have conventions. Not everything had to be a gigantic spectacle all the time. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills. I mean, really. I mean, obviously, I'm wrong, and these things are making massive money. And look at all the the churn and the the fervor that it built up over this yeah. weekend by announcing all these things at the same Dude, time. Look at Twitter. Look at the internet yesterday when they revealed. They didn't even reveal footage. A couple of people saw the Infinity War trailer mm-hmm. or whatever that was footage and. The internet exploded yesterday. Like, people want to talk about Beyonce's twins. People want to talk about this. Infinity War exploded the internet yesterday. It was, you could not get on Twitter, you could not get on any sites without seeing some type of Infinity War information. You don't even have to do anything anymore. That's what I'm saying. They could have just, it could have been a poster of Captain America with a beard, and the internet would have blown up, and people's heads would have lit on fire, and fire would have rained from the sky, and Lazarus would have risen from the dead, and the seas would turn red with blood. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been reading what, the Bible yeah. a lot. God, I know. Catholic school. <laughs> You're right. I get it. it. It's infuriating. We have too many. Next next thing you know, we're going to have, you know, I think they already, I don't know if Sony and Microsoft, that you know, they have their E3 conferences, but pretty soon they're just going to break away from E3 and then have their own weekend long that's, press events. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is why when I use the word scared, this is what I'm saying. And I feel like people, people are going to listen to this, right? And they're going to be like, oh, this guy like doesn't like cool things. And like, oh, stop being like an old fogey. Well, let me ask you this, dude. If you like pizza and you could only eat pizza every single day forever for the rest of all time, then pizza really wouldn't be that special anymore, would it? It's just this thing of diluting. People seem to think that content is good in and of itself. It's not. Let me tell you something about that Avengers thing yesterday. I wasn't in the room and I didn't see the trailer. I could not care less about reading through somebody's reactions to what happened in a movie trailer. I have to watch trailers four trailers now have you noticed that online that there's a yeah. teaser before a movie trailer yeah that's the world yeah. we live in but it's, it's only for these big name franchises though but there's 800 big name franchises now <laughs> that's a good point that's the that's problem but they're really only disney and marvel I, I mean i'm sorry they're really only disney franchises what i mean they they rule name, it besides disney because you're the hollywood person what other big name companies are releasing big name franchises you you have you know you have the planet of the apes that's fox and That's Fox. They're well. They're not wrapping up because now they're going to spin it off into whatever it is. Universal just tried. They're still trying to launch their dark universe with the Mummy and uh, uh, the Invisible Man and Wolfman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. That's the proper reaction to that announcement. Sorry. Everyone's trying to do a universe. DC is trying to do Justice League. They rushed it too much, and that's why they stink. Except for Wonder Woman. Everyone yeah. is trying to do what Marvel did. And it's one of those things where Marvel did this awesome, amazing thing that nobody has really done in the same way that they did, starting with Iron Man back in 2008. And But nobody wants to put the work in. Nobody wants to make sure the films are good on their own. They just want to make a whole bunch of crappy, mediocre films that all tie into each other and think that that's something that's going to drive up the billions of dollars that Marvel has made. Yeah. What nobody realizes is that this is starting to bleed into all other aspects of entertainment now. So everything is a con. Everything's this huge, massive thing. And it's like, oh, if you miss this one piece of it, you're completely out of the loop. Sorry, but you can't play. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is supposed Mar- to be entertainment. It is. It is. But, I, you know, geek culture has ruined it. it. It has. That's exactly what's happened. Look, I get paid to follow this stuff. I'm not complaining. I'm getting a paycheck. But if I was just a fan... Uh, I, it's it's too much. It's way too much. If you were going to tell somebody who hasn't watched any of these to get into them, how do you even do that? Be like, oh, set aside, you take a two-week vacation and watch all 17 of these movies and then read these uh, these fan fiction that came out that really dives into the world that they built and sort of like rounds it out a lot more. Like, no. It's, <laughs> it's not for them, though. I'm sorry. It's not for them. It's like FUBU, for us, by us. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> FUBU reference. This, this world, these Marvel units, listen, Growing up, if you wore a Batman shirt, if you were, you know, you you knew growing up in grammar school, if you had a Batman shirt, if you talked about, if you took comic books to school, you're getting made fun of. You're getting talked about. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody had a Punisher shirt. Everybody likes Batman. If you see anyone on the street that says they don't like the Dark Knight, you think about punching them. <laughs> so, you know, this, for me and for all these other people that grew up with this stuff, this is a wonderful time right now. Mm. because it's finally accessible it's finally mainstream yeah people accept it it's, it's kind of like being a warriors fan you <laughs> know like we finally made it here come all, all these people jumping on the bandwagon oh we'll let them we've been we've been bad for so long but here we go like it's a new time 
It's a new age. These comic book movies, these comic book worlds are the only things making money in Hollywood right now. Right. So it's, well, a, it's a wonderful time. And you know, you're right. It could get diluted. Yeah. But I would be up more upset if they were reveal if they were releasing garbage after garbage after garbage, but they are consistently improving every single year to the point where I think when we get to Infinity War, all of our minds are going to be blown. I certainly hope so because I'm look. I'm excited for the movie too. But let me let me close out this discussion with this question then, just because of what you just said made me think of it. Yeah. You've been a fan for your whole life. A lot of people have been a fan for their whole life. These are things that mean a lot to them. They used to be these niche things that they were into that they got made fun of for liking, and now they're mainstream. Yeah. Do you feel like something that was so special to you has now been diluted because everyone loves it so much that it's been taken away from you in a way? Not to make that, that hipster argument, but like it meant so much to you, and now you have a whole bunch of people who don't really care as much who are acting like they're fans of something. People that think like that are weak. I agree. People that think like that are little weak-minded little weasels that need to just stay in their parents' basements that need not to leave they, – they need not to leave their houses because they have no input for anyone in the world. Listen, for example, like these athletes that would be so turned away from these type of situa- – you know, these type of stories and things like that. A lot of them are embracing – like you see a lot of them with flash socks. You see a lot of them with Superman socks. You see a lot of them – that's reaching over into – so a lot of these young people are being exposed to stories that they may have not have been exposed to because they thought they were for geeks. These stories can open up worlds for young people that may have been closed for them. Um, a lot of these fantasy characters, a lot of these superhero characters, they are doing things that some young people can put their shoes – put themselves in their shoes if that makes any sense. They can see a world that's not just the street I grew up on. Or the kind of box you want to put me in. I can see outside of this box. And a lot of these stories are, you know, bringing um, different types of big world topics into these movies that are easily digestible for young people. So in that realm, I'm happy that it's branching out. And these stories aren't just for me. Right. (laughs) You know, I can't, I didn't buy these stories. I don't own these stories. I'm not the author of these stories. They need to be shared upon everyone because you know that's storytelling right yep. that's the quality you know it's, it's just like the bible if you keep the bible with one culture of purse of one culture of people it's going to become basically a tool to build tyranny upon exactly so i mean you need to share it with everyone you bring in your different perspectives i bring in my different perspectives and it opens up a whole different world to all of us oh my god that was beautiful and that's exactly what i was hoping you would say sorry sorry i kind of got long when i hate that argument of well, we, this was so much better before all these hands got put onto it like right. sometimes it gets ruined sometimes it does but we need to be open-minded about these changes we really do that's yep. part of life is changing being adaptable and you hit on staying it. stagnant right you don't own it it's not yours because you were there first does not mean it belongs to you right you know it's you're absolutely right it's not mine i don't own it therefore right. i don't get to dictate what happens with it I love it. That's it. It should be shared with other people. I hope the person next to me loves it as much as I do, and we can talk about it. Agreed. 100%. Love it. Okay, so there's also a little bit of news. I say little bit, and I say little bit, and that's going to be indicative of how I feel about this. Uh, Some racing game news. Well, you know, this is a big big deal. I'm not a big racing... I love Gran Turismo. It's probably one of those games that got me into racing games. Uh It's one of those hyper-realistic racing-type games. It's not like your Fast and Furiouses. Not Fast and Furious. I'm sorry. Need for Speed. That those that franchise is so much alike each other now that I get them confused all the time. They even tried to make a movie with Aaron Paul that was exactly like the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, absolutely. And I think the new. I don't know if you saw the new Need for Speed trailers. It is all about family. <laughs> it's like all about yeah. It's all about family. family. They're really Need for Speed is like on their last whim, and they're really doing everything they can to mm. uh, stay relevant. Anyway, so Gran Turismo um, got a release date finally. And when I say finally, Gran Turismo Sport was supposed to be a launch title on the PlayStation 4, okay? Ah. So we are uh, we are very late for this PlayStation or this release date, but it looks like it's going to be coming out October 16th, 2017. We're so close. It looks like it's going to be coming out this year. So anyone who's been waiting for a very hyper-realistic racing game on the PlayStation 4, it is coming. All six people Xbox out there? To play Forza. Yeah. There's a lot of people that like Gran Turismo, man. I know. I'm joking. There's a lot of people that are like me. I'm gonna buy it. I, I like Gran Turismo. I don't know a lot about cars, but 
for some reason that game hooked me. Um, Gran Turismo 8, I believe. It was on PlayStation 3. That game really hooked me, and I put a lot of hours in that game. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, <laughs> but I put a lot of hours in that game. Yeah, I've got a... I'm sorry. No, I've got a buddy who's a gearhead, and he's just all about the Gran Turismo game. So he actually is excited. I was just, I like to make fun of people. It makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, and I have a, you know, my blue-collar buddy that plays Destiny. He's probably going to play this. He's probably going to pick this up. He's a big car guy. So, yeah, October 16th, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative. I'm not going to say anything positive. The development cycle for this game has been insane. We can get into it a little when it comes out right. and I play it, but... Yeah, it finally had the release date. So anyone who's been looking for a racing game on their PlayStation 4, uh, that's not, you know, you don't have to go out and buy an Xbox to play Forza anymore. There you go. And, I, and I'm kind of wondering, like, is Gran Turismo even relevant anymore? Because Forza kind of has taken off in his absence. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see those comparisons. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I like competition within games. So Me too. I think it, I think it breeds better creative uh, end goals. I think Absolutely. we get better products out of it. Absolutely. Competition is, you know, what America's been built on, so. Absolutely. I'm going to close out today by saying uh, Eddie and I will be on the beta for uh, Xbox One for Destiny 2 on um, Tuesday, July 18th. Uh, If anyone wants to play with us, uh, you can message us and we will give you our gamer tags. Uh, Be forewarned that I am terrible at first-person shooters, so please don't yell anything at me. And try, try and treat it like it's Overwatch. Very respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll only be able to play with, like, one more person because I think the strike teams are still three. Um, well, it's going to be... But, yeah, we will be on. I th- think I'm going to try to set up a Twitch account so we can be streaming it mm-hmm. on our end. So I will put up any type of details on our Twitter. Our Twitter, if you are wondering, is Namek vs. Saiyan. Just Namek, at Namek vs. Saiyan. That's it. Follow Thanks. us. Lots of fun breakdowns, uh, previews for upcoming episodes. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week. There's gonna be a lot of people getting shot in the head on Destiny Two by me. Yeah, and you know, just touching on comments from last week mm-hmm. and a couple weeks ago. I just want to apologize to Aaron Bay Ramian, Ramen Raymond, been commenting all over our SoundCloud, blowing it up. Um, I was wrong. And I apologize. You were right. Overwatch does have more legs than I thought it was going to be. I did not think it was going to be accessible to large audiences. But obviously, you and Robert Kraft know something that I do not know. I so. feel like you should post our our text conversation on Twitter when that got announced. Because it was hilarious. <laughs> just the reaction uh, when that news broke. I was very broke. upset. Uh, yeah, I was very upset. I was just like, I don't want to say... Um, I don't want to say anything. And he, he left a couple comments like the bouncer on PlayStation 2 was an underrated brawler. Absolutely. The bouncer. I don't. Have you ever played the bouncer on PlayStation 2? I've never even heard of the bouncer on PlayStation 2. Oh, man. I wish I could like find that game. I I picked that game up at um, one of those like used game store. It was a Squaresoft game. You remember Squaresoft? Yeah. They make yeah. Final, they made so, Final Fantasy. It was a Squaresoft game. And it was a straight up just beat em up. I love that game, man. It, I think I got it. I had it for PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two. Yeah, and it came out like two thousand. But man, if you ever could, like look up videos of that game, that was a very good brawler. Thank you for bringing that back up. It did not sell well though. Well, I'm gonna bump up the sales by picking one up at my local game store because I happen to have a PlayStation Two. But look at you. That game's probably like five dollars right now. Good. It's right in my price range. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a P- did you get a playstation for you no i haven't i'm a liar anyway thanks everybody for listening thank you everybody for continuing to listen uh please follow us on twitter uh like us leave us a comment or a review on uh itunes uh please reach out to us we love hearing from you and we are we're very open and uh willing to talk to anybody about anything yeah and thank you for listening yes um i finally picked up the number one selling game of the year ghost recon wildlands <laughs> playing that on PlayStation 4, please hit us up. You can email us at namicvsayin at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, namicverse, at namicversayin. Please follow us on Instagram. What is it? All God, social all media. <laughs> iTunes, social media. Leave us a comment. We will address all your comments on our podcast. And send us your gamer tags. Let's play some games together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, everybody. We love you.
Yeah, Barbara Russell's on Steam. Talk about video games.